Second Chronicles chapter 29, and we are going to go to where we left off yesterday, verse 11. My son, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Then these Levites got right to work. Praise be to God. The Levites got right to work. And I'm going to skip the next two verses and we're going to go to verse 15. These men called together their fellow Levites and they all purified themselves. Then they began to cleanse the temple of the Lord just as the king had commanded. They were careful to follow all the Lord's instructions in their work. The priests went into the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord to cleanse it. They took out to the temple courtyard all the defiled things they found. From there the Levites carted it all out to the Kidron Valley. Now, we want to just stop right here. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm just going to switch to the King James. My Bible was open to that from before my personal reading. Now, when you look at what happened during Hezekiah's lifetime, God spoke to Hezekiah through the prophets there. And Hezekiah heard everything that the Lord spoke. And he executed it very well, exactly the way he was told. Now, when the Levites and the priests heard the word of God from Hezekiah, they did exactly what they were told. It is very important for us to understand whatever instruction God gives to us, it is important for us to carry it out exactly the way it is without bringing our own opinion, without bringing our own thoughts, without saying that, oh, I want to change it this way or this should be better or I want to do it because this is easier. When God tells us to do something and the instruction comes to us to get it done a certain way, it is important for us to do it exactly the way we are told to do. And the Spirit of God gives it to us through the priest, through the king, through the prophets. It's important because it is an expression of faith in what God is saying. And it is obedience to what God has said. Obedience means, write this down, what is obedience? Obedience is doing exactly what God is telling us to do the way he has told us to do. Without adding or subtracting. I want, to, you know, I want you to write this down. As the Spirit of the Lord is giving it to us, just write it down. What is obedience? Obedience is doing what God has told you to do the way he has told you to do. Exactly the way he has told you to do. Without adding or subtracting. And you need to get it done within the time he's telling you to do. So when God tells you to do, if he says, I want you to get this done now, we shouldn't find shortcuts. We shouldn't say that, well, I will do other things and do this next. When God tells you to do something, that has to take priority over everything else. And if he tells you to do something, we have to listen to exactly what God has told us to do and do it exactly the way God has told us to do. Following direction is very important. When you look at Noah, Noah heard the instructions from the Lord as to how to build the ark. Imagine if his sons would have said, well, Noah, 
you know, Noah is older and um, we know better ways to how to do the ark and doesn't have to be this dimension and doesn't have to be this wood and doesn't have to be the way this is. Um, we can just do it another way. It'll be much cheaper and can be much easier. And and I don't think, by the way, all these animals are going to come. It's going to be a waste of time building such a big ark. And if they would have just brought their own ideas in, when I say their own ideas, the ideas that the enemy brings to a human being, the work of God wouldn't have been accomplished because anything less than what God has prescribed us to do will become defiled, will become unclean. It is not acceptable. Whatever God is telling us to do, we have to do it the way he has called us to do, within the time frame God is giving us to do, with reverence and honor, God's work. And when we take the work of God lightly, God will take it and give it to someone else because God is looking for people who reverence him, who are diligent, and who will not despise what he has given. When we take what God has given and when we do it slothfully, the Bible says there's a default curse that goes upon such people. Cursed be the one who does the work of the Lord slothfully. This is God's word, not my word. If you want, you can just pull it up or I'll give it to you later. So among curses, you have generation curse, you have curse from God, many in the Bible. This curse is one of that. Cursed be the one who does the work of the Lord slothfully. When you handle the work of the Lord, if you do it slothfully, then God's curse comes upon such people. Then things will go wrong. All kinds of things will happen. They won't know what is happening, why it's happening. Because it could be very well this curse. They've fallen under this curse because they did the work of the Lord slothfully. That See, when you do God's work slothfully, you are saying that I'm despising. This is not important to me. This is God's work. We have to understand. When you just do the bare minimum, you're doing it in a despising manner. Because every work that we do for the Lord is a sacrifice, an offering to God. We have to bring it with reverence and we have to... Do it with everything that is within us. We cannot offer anything less than the very best for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When the priests were given and the Levites were given the order through the prophets, through the, you know, to the king and through the king to them, they took it and they immediately went to work. First order of business is cleansing ourselves first. This is what God is leading our church into this week. In this period of praise, we need to offer an acceptable praise. And the first step is cleansing ourselves. Cleansing ourselves first. Before they could touch the work of the Lord, before they could do anything, they had to cleanse themselves. That's what they did. And how long did they take? They immediately did that. Once the instruction comes, we need to be people who jump to do the will of God, the work of God immediately. Not procrastinate, not put it away, not say, well, I will do it when I want to do it. The other things take priority over it. No. We have to be people who are diligent in the things of God. I want to put a pause right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. We will come back to this, God willing, tomorrow when the Lord wants me to next. But from here, we're going to go to Esther chapter 3 as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So we'll just switch there. Esther chapter 3. Esther chapter 3, 
And I'm going to read verse 2. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servants who were with the, within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened. When they spoke to him daily, and he would not listen to them, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. Now, a very important point that God is bringing to our hearts at this hour is, so when Mordecai, a man of God, is placed in a circumstance, in a situation, where evil is there, how did Mordecai live as a testimony? God is speaking to our hearts today. Many people can say, oh, wish I was in ministry where all saints are there and, well, wish I can just, you know, focus on this and just doing this and, and, well, wish I had that kind of an environment. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. God will put you exactly where he needs to put you in order to grow you. The place where God has placed you is exactly the place where you should be in order for the Lord to grow your character. Mordecai was placed by God in this environment. What environment is that? It's an ungodly environment. Mordecai, the man of God, was placed in an ungodly environment. In order to bring out the character of God that has been formed in him, he was placed in an ungodly environment. Now, Mordecai didn't choose to go there. These were exiles. God brought them there. Mordecai was placed by God and placed in that place. Many times we'll be thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm here because I have no choice. If you say that you have no choice, know that God placed you there. And that is God's choice, and it's best to be in the will of God. Being in the will of God, we need to do the will of God. You can be in the will of God and not do the will of God. I want to say this through the Spirit of God. The children of Israel were in the will of God, in the desert, but they did not do the will of God. So you can be in the midst of the will of God and completely waste the time that God has given you, completely waste the spiritual experience that God could have given you. You can completely miss everything that God has given you, even though God placed you in the will of God. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. May the Lord work in our hearts at this hour to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts. So when God places us in His will, it is important for us to make sure we do the will of God. The children of Israel, when they were brought out of Egypt and God brought them into the wilderness, being in the wilderness during that time was the will of God. But while they were in the will of God, they completely missed everything because they complained. Because they didn't believe, they didn't ask, they went against God, they went against Moses, who God used to bring them out. And they did all these things as opposed to what Joshua did, what Caleb did, and what Moses did. They chose to worship 
idols. They did not wait on Moses. Moses was on the mountain. Yes, it was taking time for Moses to come down. But in the meantime, they started pressuring Aaron, and Aaron didn't take a stand. And they did everything vile, everything that they should not have done while Moses was away. You see the pattern. They were in the will of God. But in the will of God, they did not do what they should have done. The man of God, God has called him for something. He's gone. Yes, it is taking longer. But didn't God lead them from bondage? Out of bondage? To the wilderness? Did they see what God has done? Didn't they see all the miracles? So, Moses said he'll come back. That means he's going to come back. So, What's the problem in waiting? They said, oh, give us a golden calf. We need something in the place. It's taking long for Moses to come down. We can't wait for this long. What happened as a result of that? We have a lot to learn from the Old Testament and from the New Testament. You can be in the will of God. God will place you in a certain place in order to form the nature of Christ in you. But if you don't allow the Lord to work in and through you during that period and complain and kick and see, can I get out of this? Can I get out of this? You know, a lot of people are like that. When there's pressure in one place, they want to jump out of that and they want to go to another place. When there's pressure there, I want to somehow get out of this. Can I find something else? And that happens in marriages, that happens in jobs, that happens in house, that happens everywhere. The character to stay and see what God can do is not there in many of the people. They want to escape. Escape the environment. Escaping the environment is not going to change. It's like, you know, people, they say, well, you know, I was in Nevada and in Nevada, you know, I had a bad experience. So I'm going to go to Florida. They go to Florida. I had a bad experience in Florida and my life is so bad. And, you know, I'm going to leave this all memories and I'm going to go to New York. And, and New York is you know, the, the the actual thing that is happening is wherever they're going, they're polluting those places. You know why? Because the same person going from one place to another. The person needs to be changed, not the place. Going from one place to another is not going to do anything. It's not going to change anything for a person if the person is not changed. God is speaking to our hearts today. It's not the environment. It's not where you are. It's you. You must change. If God wants to grow patience in you, he will put you in a place that will try your patience. That's when you know how much patience you have, how much is the fruit of the Spirit in you. Work on that. Those are the places God will say, zip it. Those are the places God will say, thank it. Those are the places God will say, wait. Those are the places God will say, trust me. Those are the places God will say, do good to those who hate you. Those are the places God will say, honor me in the midst of all these things. Many times we want to get out of here. We want to say, well, I wish I had something else. So why is God taking so long? Why did God take so long in the lives of the children of Israel? Why? Why did they have to wander in the wilderness? Wander in the wilderness. We wonder. We shouldn't though. A person can drag their time as long as they want to if the change that God is looking for is not obtained by God. And that's the mercy of God. Because God can just say, well, out of the wilderness, I'm sick and tired of you. I'm going to work with somebody else. He doesn't do that. 
the mercy of God keeps the person in the wilderness hoping that you'll change, hoping that the complaining will go, hoping that the murmuring will go. Only after a long time when those things didn't go, they had to go. The best option for us is to let go of that which pollutes us than letting go of God who purifies us. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. The very place that God has you is your place for your own betterment. The very place that God has you is the place where God wants to grow you. Wherever God has placed you is a place. If it's full of challenges, then those challenges are there meant for you so that it can grow you. The more you're compressed, the more God's nature can be formed through you if you let Jesus Christ flow in and through you. If you don't let Jesus flow in and through you, then the nature of Christ is not going to come out of you. If you don't take him in, you are not going to manifest the presence of God. You're not going to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. How can you draw out something that has not been put in? You need to draw in so that it can be drawn out. So the environment where you're in, if it's frustrating you and you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm really frustrated by this. I wish God didn't give me this. I wish I'm not there. That means you're not maturing as you should. You need to focus on drawing more from Jesus. More from Jesus, more from Jesus, more from Jesus. You're not taking more. You're not taking enough of Jesus. And you're not putting to practice what you're taking in. So you can have a big plate of food and you can gulp everything in. But if you're not taking everything into your body, you're not chewing and you're not taking everything in and your stomach is not absorbing, then you can be one weak malnourished person. You need to have the working of the Holy Spirit taking place in your life, taking the word of God and putting it into action through your will and your obedience to God. How much effort are you putting? Look at a person who can take a plate and swallow their food in two minutes and say that, wow, you're wasting your time by sitting and eating for half an hour, chewing and chewing. Look, I just swallowed everything. Who do you think is going to really live long? Who do you think is really going to live without sickness as opposed to the one who is swallowing his food or her food? Take time. When it comes to your spiritual life, don't be someone who will just take it and gulp it and say, well, I attended the meeting, I took some notes, and I'm done. Take time to go over the Word of God. Take time to chew it. Once you receive it in a meeting like this, you know what you're receiving? You're receiving a plate full of food. That's what God is giving to you. With everything in it, that is bound to nourish you. Once you receive it, it is your job to take time and chew it. And chew it. Enjoy the food and chew it so that it goes into your body. Your attitude matters. And how much effort are you putting into the word of God and the message that God is giving matters. You know, have you heard that people who have the food in front of them and they are like complaining and they're upset and they're miserable and they eat and it doesn't digest well. You need to have a better attitude even when you eat your earthly food in order for that to stick to you. How much more 
when it comes to the things of God, the word of God, you need to have a better attitude. You need to be in a proper frame of mind. Bring the spirit, body, soul, everything into where it needs to be in alignment with the word of God so that you can focus. Take your notes. Once this is over, you've received the plate. You received the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace. Everything came with it when the word came. Take that. If you have to re-listen to it, re-listen to it. If you have to go over your notes, go over your notes. Take time to process it. Otherwise, you'll be like a person who just takes it, blip, 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 swallow everything, and then what's going to happen? Nothing is going to come out of this, which is good. Because it wouldn't have digested. You didn't give the time for it to be taken into you. Who is the one who will be blessed? The one who meditates on the word day and night. Receiving is one thing. It's a big thing. Receiving is a big thing because without the food, with empty plate, you can't chew the plate. Getting the food is a big thing. That comes from heaven every time it's coming fresh. But once it comes from the, what do you do with it? You need to take that, chew it, and eat it. That's where the strength will be there in the body. And now when the enemy comes to suffocate you, you have force to kick him. You have force to push him. You have force to do whatever it takes to push that enemy out of you, to resist. That's where the resistance comes from. That's where the power comes from. From taking the word in. Taking the word in. Taking it seriously. When God sees that you're taking the things of God seriously, because it's the voice of God that comes to you. He's going to take that and he's going to see how serious you are and he'll give to you what you need. Because the word that comes to you every time it comes carries the strength, carries the power, carries everything you need to make you stronger every single time. God speak to your hearts at this hour. So we see here the priests and the Levites in Second Chronicles chapter 29. As soon as they heard the word of the Lord, they immediately did what they had to do. One was to cleanse themselves and two was to cleanse the temple of God. Your soul and your mind and your body needs to be cleansed. The priests, they cleanse themselves. The Levites, they cleanse themselves. Then they cleanse the temple. Very important. Before they could do anything, they needed to be holy. And their word, when the word of God came, they went to do it right away. They put what they heard to action right away. Important. Very important. When the word of God comes to you, what do you do with it? Are you taking it and putting to action right away? When Mordecai was placed in this situation, he had that inner strength not to bow down to the enemy. God will put you in places where you will have the option to bow down to the enemy. When fear comes, are you bowing down to fear? When lust comes, are you bowing down to lust? When anger comes, are you bowing down to anger? When self-pity comes, are you bowing down to self-pity? When me-centeredness comes, are you bowing down to me-centeredness? Are you bowing down to carnal nature? Are you bowing down to your environment where you're placed in? Mordecai did not do that. Every single time Haman came, every single time, he made sure that he would not bow down to Haman. What is your Haman? What is your Haman in your life? What is your Haman? May the Spirit of the Lord speak to your heart today. Whatever your Haman is, it is allowed by God. Whatever your situation is, it is allowed by God. You are in the will of God. If you are in the will of God, whatever is happening to you is happening according to the perfect will of God. Allowed by God. 
to try you, to test you, to bring you to the promised land. I want to emphasize that through the Spirit of God again. Whatever is allowed by God, where He has placed you, is allowed by God to try you, to test you, and to bring you to the promised land. That is God's goal. To bring you to the call of God. To use you. But before that, the trying has to take place. Before that, the nature of Christ has to be formed in you. Before that, that compression has to take place. Before that, that pressure has to come. Before that, whatever God has to do has to be done in your life. And it has to come out of you. The nature of Christ has to come out of you. How can you do the work of God without the fruit of the Spirit? Many times we're very anxious to have the gifts of the Spirit. But can it be something that can obtain without the fruit of the Spirit? It'll be a disaster. We need to have the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Without the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit cannot be there. Because a good tree will bear good fruit. If this tree belongs to the Lord, then the fruit of the Spirit has to be seen. From the fruit of the Spirit, God will give the power that comes from on high, which is the gift of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, they're both essential in the New Testament period in order to win souls, in order to live an overcoming life, period. Without that, we cannot really survive in this world. Do anything for God successfully. God has placed you where he has placed you, just like how he placed Mordecai. Where Mordecai had to be, Mordecai was placed. Where you have to be, you have been placed. Wherever you are, make sure in the place that God has placed you, that you will take everything that God has given and put it to use, put it to use, put it to use. When you take that and put it to use, your strength is going to be doubled and tripled. Now keep multiplying, expanding. You'll have the power every time to resist the enemy. Yesterday, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us. You submit to God and resist the devil. The power to resist the devil comes from submitting to God. Without submitting to God, you cannot resist the devil. There's no resistance power there. I want to close with this as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. Peter had zeal. Peter said, well, Lord, I will die for you. That was Peter's desire. He didn't lie when he said it. That was his desire. He really loved Jesus, so to speak. In his words, he did. But how deep was his love? It has to be put to test. The love of God was not perfected in him. You know what? Because he was not someone who gave himself to prayer. He didn't have that inner strength. In order for someone to have the inner strength, for the love of God to be perfected in a person, they need to be walking with the Lord God Almighty and be on their knees before God so that God can strengthen them. When Jesus went to pray, Peter fell asleep. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter fell asleep. You see the pattern over here. Just because he was with Jesus doesn't mean automatically he was empowered. No. That would be very, very wrong understanding if you think that. Oh, if I'm in Al-Bethel Church, if I'm in every meeting, somehow I'll become stronger. No, you will not. It's like a person coming every time, getting a plate full of food, and then you just dump it. You just dump it. You're not eating it. Are you going to get stronger? No. Only those who eat their food, and I said before, not swallow it, but take time to chew it and eat it. 
only those are the ones who will get strengthened. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever God gives to you, make sure you take it. Because there will come a time when you won't get what you're getting now. When you will have to work from the reserve that you have stored on the inside. Like how Joseph had to use what was stored during the time of harvest. When famine came, he was able to use what he had. If you don't stock up now, if you don't store up now, the word of God. When trial comes, when famine comes in your life, you won't have the strength to stand. Peter didn't have the strength to stand. Jesus had the strength to stand. He went much more than what Peter went through. Much more. Victoriously, Jesus finished his race. But Peter was put to shame. Peter was with Jesus. He was one among the chosen disciples. He was one among the three who went to special places with special privileges. But he was one among those who terribly denied him. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. May it never happen to anyone in our church. You can be in the crowd. Fall asleep. May the Spirit of the Lord speak to your hearts at this hour. Those who look to him, their faces will be radiant. Not just say, I believe. Peter said too, I'm never going to deny him. Do you know what? Jesus knew. When he said, I'm never going to deny Jesus, Jesus knew. The barometer, the thermometer inside Peter, Jesus was able to say, I know Peter. You have a false understanding of your spiritual life. You have a faulty understanding of where you're standing. You think that you're not going to deny, but you don't have the strength. You don't have God's love perfected inside of you. To love Jesus enough to say, yes, I am one of his. I belong to him. He didn't have love to say that. When it came to his life, He said, I love my life more dearly than the Lord Jesus Christ. May God speak to your heart today. How can you develop the power and the strength that Christ had to face the cross? How can you have the strength, the courage, the power and the love for people that took him all the way to the cross? Like how Jesus prayed. On his knees. Agonizing in prayer. He knew. He knew that he's going to be exhausted. That was the only time he had. If he had to sleep before. All the beatings and him going to be staying up. Without any sleep after that. He knew what was coming. He didn't sleep. He didn't say let me take a nap. So that I can have at least some strength. To stand before Herod and to get the beatings and go before Pilate and to go to the cross? No. He said, my strength comes from being in the presence of God. Instead of taking rest, he agonized in prayer. He agonized in prayer. And there he received the strength. Angels came and ministered to him. He had no time to take a nap after that. 
Not that, oh, well, after that, God gave him a nap and he slept for four hours and he got up and went. No, right after that, he said, let's go. The betrayer is at hand. Think about how Jesus looked. How can we just think about ourselves and live for ourselves? When you see the footsteps of Jesus ahead of you and see how he walked, where did he get his strength from? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How much faith do we have in the word of God? If God can take his people in the wilderness where their shoes were not worn out, it it looked new, brand new. The way they left Egypt, that's exactly how it stayed. For 40 years? For 40 years? Is it possible? They weren't sitting in some airplane for 40 years. They walked. And not on concrete. They walked in the desert. For 40 years, their garments stayed the same way. Who can do that? But our God Almighty? Do you believe in His Word? Do you believe that the one, the very same one who kept the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness for their clothes and for their shoes who kept Moses for 40 days and 40 nights twice with no food and no water He is all powerful to keep you where you are to give you the power to become everything that God wants you to be Moses trusted God and he went because God called him to do that. Nobody should go and say, well, God's word is enough, so I'm not going to drink water, I'm not going to eat for 40 days and 40 nights. You'll be dead. Moses was called to do that. And because God called him and he answered the call of God, God's word kept him. The very word that came to him kept him. Whatever God is calling you to do, wherever God has placed you now, make sure that you're in the will of God and make sure that you answer God's call right away. Make sure that you obey him. Cleanse yourself. That is a first step. Make sure you work on the fruit of the spirit. That is the first step. That's foundational. Every Christian should manifest Christ, the nature of Christ in them, in their speech, in their walk, in their talk. No Christian should be like a barking dog. When someone at home calls for something, don't talk, don't I'm stressed out. No Christian should be like a barking dog. No Christian should manifest the nature of Lucifer every time I'm somebody on the face of the earth and walk with their heads held up high, full of pride. No Christian who calls himself a follower of Jesus Christ should have eyes full of lust. Not a speck of lust should be there. If your eyes have been given over to Jesus Christ and if you believe that you are the temple of God it has to be holy and consecrated to God no Christian should have a mouth that slanders you know some people have uh, this demonic nature they cannot sleep without talking about somebody they think that they, that spices up their life and the lives of others it comes to the pit of hell your mouth should be used to glorify God and to edify others not to tear anyone down put anyone down or to gossip about anyone. God is speaking to our hearts today. That every member of your body reflects 
the nature of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit should be seen in your eyes, in your ears, in your mouth, in your hands, in your feet, in every area of your life. The fruit of the Spirit should be seen. So every member of our body should reflect the nature of Jesus Christ. As we hear this word of God, may we understand what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Jesus came into this world to set us free from the sin nature. Jesus came into this world to set us free from the bondage of the enemy. Freeing us from sin nature and importing us God's nature is what Christ did for us. It's not that he set us free from one and we're blank now. We don't know where to go. No. He took away the sin nature and he imparted God's nature into us. When he took away the sin nature and imparted God's nature in us, it is very important for us to foster and to feed the nature of Jesus Christ. We should never, no one should go and revive that sin nature by giving life to it, by choosing to answer to that sin nature. When God put that old man to death, the old nature to death with the new, and he imported his new nature inside of you, that's what happened. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ that lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Done. Positionally done. Practically, it has to be done. When you make the choice to follow Jesus Christ and answer the voice of the Holy Spirit every single time. You are growing the nature that God has put in you, which is the nature of Christ. At the same time, the sin nature from Satan, sin nature belongs to Satan, right? It's Satan's nature. Satan will come and say, well, look at what he did 20 years ago. How bad and how, you know, how can you do that? I don't think you can ever love this person. I don't think, you know, you can ever, ever be the same way. Like before, and all those things, a lot of voices in your head. Where is that coming from? It is coming from the pit of hell, sin nature. Sin nature is Satan's nature coming. What are you supposed to do? Not answer that. God spoke to us yesterday. My sheep, they hear my voice. We need to continuously train ourselves to hear the voice of God and God alone. Shut the voice of the enemy once and for all, consistently every single time. When you do that, there's no room for the old nature to be revived again. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Be faithful in what God has given to you, which is the seed of Christ. Be faithful to what God has given you, which is the nature of Christ that God has put inside of you. What you feed, that becomes your Lord. What you allow to be mastered in your life, will become your boss. If you feed the nature of Christ inside of you, then you're going to be a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ by manifesting the nature of Christ. If you feed the sin nature, then you're going to have Lucifer as your boss. And those are the people at the end of the day. When the Lord comes to separate the sheep and the goats, will be among those where Jesus will say. Well, you say that you went to church, Elbethel. Well, you say that you gave tithes and offerings. Well, you say all of this, but I don't know you. That's the scariest place to be in. 
We don't want to be there. God wants a strong army of the Lord here, a purified, spotless bride for his coming. The nature of Christ has to be our focus. In order for that to happen, you need to step on pride every step of the way. That's your biggest enemy. You need to step on self-pity every step of the way. That is your biggest enemy. You need to step on lies every step of the way. That's your biggest enemy. And he will bring lies. You need to step on that and say, I, need, I will listen to the voice of God only. I will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit only. I will manifest the fruit of the Spirit only. I'm going to put down pride. I'm going to put down self-pity. I'm going to put down every lie of the enemy. That is your job. Do the work of the priests and Levites. Sanctify. Do the work of what Mordecai did. Every time, resist the enemy. Every time, tell the enemy, I will not bow down to you. I will not bow down to you, carnal nature. I will not bow down to you, sin nature. I will not bow down to you. You Satan, I will not bow down to you. To those who refuse to bow down to the enemy, God will count them worthy to place them where he wants them to be placed in order to serve him because they are ready. How to be ready to serve God? It's what God spoke to us today. The first step is cleansing yourself. Before you touch the work of God, before you do anything, cleansing yourself is the most important thing. In doing it right away, it's important. Taking the word of God that God is giving, taking the time to chew on it and take it in is very important. Resisting the enemy at every level, not letting the sin nature to revive. If you have given room for carnality, it is very important to say, enough of it, I'm putting that to death today. And I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to do His work inside of me. And I'm going to have the blood of Jesus cleanse me today. And I'm going to take the nature of Christ that Christ gave to me through His death on the cross. And I'm going to foster that. I'm going to feed that. I'm going to grow that. God will bless you like how he blessed Mordecai. God will bless you like how he blessed Hezekiah. God will bless you like how he blessed his people. That you will have the strength that Jesus had. And not be weak like how Peter was. We can talk a lot. We can say 10,000 words to God and say, Lord, I will love you. I will die for you, this and that. But Jesus knows if you're really going to live for him or not. So, we can say everything we want to say. But we need to have the character to prove that. And that the eyes of the Lord can see. That the eyes of the Lord can see. Let me be found by you, found by you, Lord. The eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord, let me be loyal to you, faithful and true to you, wholly devoted to you. Let me be found by you, found by you, Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes 
of the Lord. Let me be found by the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro, looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards him. Oh, Spirit of the living God, touch your people at this hour. I know, Lord, you have spoken to your people, and you bear witness to your word that you spoke tonight. It was not premeditated. It was not read. It was not rehearsed. It was not prepared. As always, you give your word on the spot to your people, straight from the mouth of God to the hearts of your people. And as your servant, Lord, I have delivered your word to your people through your spirit directly to them. And I pray that the words that you've given to them, O Lord, may do a deeper work in the lives of your people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That every chain be broken in Jesus' name, that a deeper understanding of who they are and who you are and what you can do in their lives and what they should do in order to inherit everything that you have for them. To become that mighty soldier in God's mighty army. For you're calling them to a greater walk, to a deeper walk, to a higher standard. To the standard of God, which is the normal standard. Hallelujah. You're calling them to live a supernatural life, which is the normal life in the kingdom of God. Glorious life. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray with the hours, the moments, the seconds we have on earth. Let us, Lord, sojourn this earth with fear and trembling, with great joy. Fully, fully realizing that our decisions moment by moment that we make and our choices that we make moment by moment will affect every moment in eternity. Thank you, Father. So bless your people, Lord. I pray that the hand of the Almighty God touch your people at this hour. Deliver them from fear. Deliver them from unbelief. Deliver them from uncertainty in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray may every brother, sister, child who's been listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit at this hour, may they pick up their sword. May they go to the presence of the Lord and have their swords sharpened. Let no one carry a blunt sword. Let no one have the sword of the Lord as a decorative piece in their homes. Inside their sheep, not putting it to use oh father every bit of food that you're giving to them comes from the blood of Jesus from the throne of God from the heart of God that no one waste it that everyone take it seriously and meditate on it day and night father be are those who would take it and eat it with joy chew on it enjoy it and benefit from it, Father, so that they may have the strength in the time of adversity, that their faith may not fail, that they may not faint or fall in the time of testing. Now, when you test them, where you place them, that they may come forth as gold. And as your servant, Lord, I pronounce this blessing upon your people at this hour. That this blessing, Lord, may rest upon each and every one of your precious children who are here. For you have called each one here, Father, by name. Because you love them. Because you have a plan for them. Because you want to use them. Because you have chosen them. I pray. May your people rise up. 
like Peter did, who completely gave himself to Jesus Christ after that. But when he preached, more than 2,000 people came to the Lord. And in his shadow, people came and dropped the sick people and they got healed. What a life of transformation. So I pray this blessing upon your people, Lord, that each and every soul he be transformed like how you transform Peter, my father. That their life may change, Lord. That their purpose for living may change, Father. That their outlook on life change, Lord. That they may live unto you, Father. Fulfill the call of God upon their lives, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That this church may arise as a mighty army of the living God. Be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Be a joy to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless your people. This blessing I pray. Bless their families, O Lord. Let there be a rich harvest, O Lord. Let each family come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Let each and every brother, sister, child is here. Be instruments and bring their own to the kingdom of God. I pray. Fill them with the burden that comes from the living God, O Father. I pray that each one may serve the living God as a family. You pronounce this blessing upon your people, Lord. That they may live for you. Now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us. And bless us with this peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you.